Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. I'm Frank Sherwin, and today we're talking about the mighty oceans. It's hard to ignore the oceans because they cover a vast majority of the planet. But did you know that evolution theory does not explain the origin of the oceans or the trillions of creatures in the oceans? Join us on today's show of Science, Scripture, and Salvation to see how science and the Bible agree. Psalm 77 and verse 19 states, Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. The 330 million cubic miles of ocean, covering nearly 75% of this planet, reflects God's clearly seen creation. And as a matter of fact, our ocean accounts for 90% of the living space on this planet. The Apostle Paul told the unbelievers in Acts 14 and verse 15 that they should Turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein. Well, decades ago, the late President Kennedy said, We all came from the sea. But that's just a theory or hypothesis suggested by those who deny the biblical creation account. The fact is, evolutionists do not even know where the water for our oceans came from. Secular literature is filled with speculation regarding the origin of our oceans. The University of New South Wales School of Environmental Science stated, the origin of the water in the oceans is unclear. And in 2009, a group of evolutionists stated, the origin of water on Earth is still puzzling. In 2014, evolutionist Elizabeth Howell said that astronomers are looking for clues to water's origins. But according to Genesis, written by one who was there, the earth began as a watery chaos not that long ago, so water was paramount from the beginning. For decades, evolutionists have suggested that asteroids containing water in the form of ice slowly filled the ocean basins. But there are problems with this theory. Specifically, why doesn't the planet Venus have any water? Venus is almost identical to Earth in size and mass, and even its location is closer to Earth than any other planet. So wouldn't it get hit with just as many comets and asteroids? And yet Venus has virtually no water. Although it covers vast expanses of the Earth, the floor of the deep sea has been mapped less than the surface of Mars. It has been estimated that oceanographers know about 3% of what lies beneath the waves. And when it comes to the Antarctic, scientists have no idea what's going on down there. But scientists have discovered that most of the Earth's volcanic activity happens underwater, anywhere from the surface down to depths greater than two and a half miles. And there have been some amazing discoveries beneath the ocean waves, such as the world's highest mountains, deepest valleys, underwater lakes as recorded by the Alvin Submersible in 2006, 
and even underwater waterfalls. In 2010, a publication stated, quote, more than 90% of the ocean biosphere is deep and most of this remains unexplored. The ocean hosts life at all depths and across the wildest ranges of conditions, and they represent a huge reservoir of undiscovered biodiversity, end quote. For example, inhabitants of the perpetual dark of the deep sea, yard-long tube worms, were found by the census of marine life to live more than 600 years, making them some of the oldest animals on Earth. A European evolutionary publication stated in 2011, quote, The deep biosphere has been discovered only within the past two decades and comprises the last major frontier for biological exploration, end quote. Ocean pioneer Matthew Murray was called the pathfinder of the seas. He was a solid Christian who believed the scriptures, and he wrote the first classic work of modern oceanography entitled Physical Geography of the Sea in 1855. While Murray was recovering from a carriage accident, he read in Psalm 8, Whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. He maintained that if Scripture said there were paths in the seas, then there were, and he set out to find them. For years, Murray studied old ships' logs, and from these he compiled charts of the ocean, wind, and sea currents. Truly he was the pathfinder of the seas. And speaking of ocean currents, they can flow for thousands of miles, and together they create the great flow of what has been called the global conveyor belt, which plays a dominant part in determining the climate of many of the Earth's regions. A good example is the Gulf Stream. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll talk more about the wonders of God's oceans. The design of the human body inspires awe and fascination, and for good reason. It's made up of so many different parts and systems, all working together for a greater purpose. Check out our book, Guide to the Human Body, to discover astonishing facts about the construction of the cell, the mechanics of hands and feet, and the incredible abilities of the brain. Published by the Institute for Creation Research, Guide to the Human Body will answer questions you didn't even know you had. How do our eyes give us sight? How does a baby take its first breath? What happens to the human body in outer space? Guide to the Human Body's full-color images and easy-to-read format shows our amazing design points to the ultimate designer, God. Order your copy from the Institute for Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. That's 800-628-7640 or visiting icr.org. Welcome back. I'm Frank Sherwin, and we've been talking about the wonders of God's oceans. Psalm 104 and verses 24 and 25 state, O Lord, how manifold are thy works! In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is this great and wide sea, wherein all things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. The psalmist was indeed correct. The ocean is full of innumerable things. According to the Census of Marine Life, tens of millions of Atlantic herring have been tracked in the Gulf of Maine, forming a school the size of Manhattan. One evolutionist said in 2010, quote, More than 90% of the ocean biosphere is deep, and most of this remains unexplored. 
The oceans host life at all depths and across the widest ranges of conditions, and they represent a huge reservoir of undiscovered biodiversity, end quote. In 2012, an evolutionist stated, we've seen only 1% of Monterey Bay in California, and it's still one of the most well-studied regions of Earth in the deep water. Is there any indication as to how any of the animal groups found in the oceans evolved from a supposed evolutionary ancestor? No, there isn't. All animals show up complete and fully formed as described in Genesis chapter 1. When it comes to fish origin, evolutionists do not know the transition from spineless invertebrates to the first backbone fishes and can only speculate that fish arose from a unknown free-swimming ancestor over a half billion years ago. The fossil record shows that fish have always been fish, as described in Genesis. Even the origin of the fins of modern fishes is an unsolved problem for secular biologists. Volume 464 of Nature magazine stated, quote, Fish come in a bewildering diversity of shapes. Some gobies reach less than a centimeter as adults, whereas the oarfish stretches well over 12 meters, and the ocean sunfish can weigh more than a car, end quote. No matter their size or shape, fish have always been fish. A vast majority of creatures of the seas are those without a backbone and include the, the corals, sea slugs, worms, brachiopods, jellies, sea stars, clams, and arthropods. The phylum arthropoda is the largest group of animals on Earth. The most familiar of these arthropods are the crabs, shrimps, and lobsters, which belong to the group called the crustaceans. But where did they come from? Evolutionists don't know. They can only speak of a highly speculative interpretation of arthropod evolution. As a matter of fact, we know that shrimp have always been shrimp. A living Jurassic shrimp was recently discovered alive and well in the Coral Sea. Evolutionists thought that the shrimp was extinct for 50 million years. In 2010, a 360-million-year-old fossil shrimp was found in Oklahoma, and it was compared to a live shrimp. They looked identical. The article stated the fossil shrimp were buried rapidly, and creationists agree the flood of Genesis 4,700 years ago would be a good explanation. Finally, in 2015, an arthropod which lived on the ocean floor for over a half billion years ago, according to evolution, would have looked much like today's shrimp, according to the secular paleontologists. Crabs have always been crabs. Take, for example, the Japanese spider crab. It can reach a leg span of 13 feet and weigh over 40 pounds. It has a gentle disposition and it can be raised in a very big aquarium. In 2009, National Geographic reported the oldest seahorse fossils discovered to date. The fossils are reported to be 13 million years old, but it's more logical to see them as buried during the Genesis Flood about 4,700 years ago. Evolutionist and fish expert John Long said, quote, The mystery remains as to how sharks first evolved. The 850 species of shark range from the 49-foot whale shark a docile creature that God may have used to swallow Jonah, to the one-foot dwarf shark, 
Darwinists insist sharks evolve from non-shark ancestors, but as one evolutionary publication said, conflicting interpretations are the rule. To conclude, oceans are the large bodies of salty water that make up almost 71% of the Earth's surface. They contain 97% of this planet's water, with less than 5% being explored. As creationists, we look to God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein. Acts chapter 14. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to Science, Scripture, and Salvation on iTunes. Also, do us a favor and rate and review the show so that more listeners can find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless.